just to give you an example, we had someone who was terrified to be in a competition. Well, she finally signed up to be in the competition. She said she was ready to vomit on the plane because she was so nervous and she ended up winning. Well, now she's she's won 11 awards this year. You just have to get over that hump and just find something that's hard and just go for it. And if it doesn't go your way, then it's not always going to. I may not finish this race. I may have to drop out, but I will have learned a lot from it and I'll know what to do next time. And at least I tried. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for, like, McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, on to our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, they panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is Lashcast. Your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Today is the day after Thanksgiving, which means what? It's the craziest of Black Friday. If you're listening today, well, thank you for taking some time out of your busy shopping day to come out and hang out with us here. We have a lot for you, but I just want to give a little shout out to a friend of ours, Kayla from... Educate Artistry posted this just a couple days ago, and it was a great post. She let everyone know that, hey, today, if you're buying today over this Black Friday weekend and Cyber Monday and pretty much through the holiday season, just be mindful of your budget, guys. Don't go crazy. You don't have to buy stuff just because it's on on sale. I actually have this ongoing discussion with Tuss. She would come to me and go, hey, it's on sale. We'll save money. And I go, I know a better way to save money. She goes, oh, no, please don't say it. I go, let's not buy it at all. We'll save a ton of money. (laughs) How about that? Not really always the best thing to say as a husband to your wife, but sometimes there is a place for it, and we do discuss and try to spend our money wisely and not just spend it all crazily on impulsive spending, which is what sales can do. So just as a heads up, during the holiday season, especially during this weekend, if you're listening during this time, just be mindful of your budget. Just because it's on sale doesn't mean you need to buy it. You can wait. Kayla was dead on on this recommendation. And by the way, I know this is also can be bad because some of our friends, many of our friends are last brands and people hope that you buy stuff during this time. So it's, it's, it's a balancing game. We love our brands. We love all our friends in the industry who sell stuff. But at the same time, you know, buy what you need, not what you desire, right? We often desire more. I've learned to do that in my eating. I I eat what I need, not what I desire always, because if I ate everything I desired, I'd be 2,000 pounds and be always overeating and sick. (laughs) So anyhow, this is a little shout out to Kayla for that. I loved it, and I decided to pass that information on to you guys. But what are we doing today? Today, we have one of our really good friends of ours from Elibana, Mindy Lamb. She's a CEO or Chief Operating Officer, really for the U.S. side. A lot of people know Otto Mitter. He's down in Australia, down under. He comes to LashCon every year. It's always an honor to have him here. And really, Mindy's the one that makes things happen here stateside 
for the company. And we are so excited to have her on. Really talk about something different. We're not talking about business, so to speak. We're really talking about something that she's doing that's quite unique. And she's already ran it, so she survived it. I'll just let you know. She ran this crazy race that's over a long period of time. I won't get into details here. I'm going to let her explain what it is. But it really tests everything that you know about life. Is is life even worth moving on forward after you run the sink? I don't know. But what we're going to do is we're going to have her come on later. We're going to have to do a second episode where she can share kind of lessons learned from this insane race, much harder than anything you've ever done. Marathons are tough, but this is like uh, marathons on crack. And then I found out there's even worse things out there (laughs) where I will never be running any of these. I'd done a 10K and that was pretty tough. Maybe one day I would do a marathon, maybe. I don't think I'd run the whole thing, but at least walk and run it i can see doing that but definitely uh, what she's about to do or has done she did just before LashCon, the weekend before LashCon, and, and showed up LashCon not in a wheelchair and it's impressive so once you hear the context you'll be like oh my gosh that is hard so can't wait for you to get to hear that but before we get into that interview let's get into this let's do some announcements We have the last come replay currently up. It is coming down soon. And if you're listening to this in November of 2023, you can still buy it. But basically, by the time December rolls around, it will be offline. So do not delay. Get your replay now. You have it for a couple months. And you can participate really on the best. I mean, LashCon has many values like connections and networking and also the trade show. But as far as really helping you grow your business and learning things, It's the videos, it's the classes, it's the speakers. And we have 31 videos for you. It's a ton of content, but you have two months. You can listen to it. And what's nice about that is you basically listen and work. Go to work, put it on your phone, it's on the app, and you can just listen to it and on the background. And you can go back later and write that note down or watch it again. So anyhow, you have two months. It's a great thing. That's what Tuss does. Tuss sits and works all day and listens and watches videos in the background. Doesn't really watch them, but she does get to listen to them. And most of these classes are theory, so it's not like you'll have slides, but you don't have to actually see it all to learn it. So Please go buy that if you uh, are thinking about. By the way, if you listen to this before Sour by Cyber Monday, we have our other thing that we're doing, which is our last business masterclass that we are doing or teaming up with strategies on January 14th to the 16th in Austin, Texas. And they have a, I think it's 10 or 15% off. So normally it's 835. I think it's 716 now. If you buy it by Monday, you get to save a hundred bucks. It's like $700. You get to come. And by the way, nice thing about January, January is a good time to travel. Hotel prices are usually lower. So coming to Austin in in January is a good time. Plus if you're in a cold part of the country, man, it's a great break from the miserable cold that you're in. And you come down and hang out with us in Austin and, take what I think is the three most impactful days you'll have in 2024. I wish it was LashCon. I mean, I'll say rivals LashCon because LashCon gives you other benefits other than knowledge. You get the networking and you get the trade shows and all the connections and all that. But this, as far as business, if you just want to learn business, like I don't care about all that stuff. I don't care about trade shows. I don't care about networking. Give me the best practices for my salon. This is a class you want to take. We took this thing. It was called Incubator back in 2013, and it revolutionized our business. So 11 years ago, and it changed everything. And it gave us hope. It gave us a roadmap for how we could run our business. It's good for solo. It's good for people who want to hire or have already hired. It's going to challenge everything. And I know some of you might be going, well, if it's just about team-based pay, I don't really care. It's not about team-based pay. 
they're going to share all these other systems, how to track your numbers and know what you need to know and how to know whether you, how to make profits and all this stuff, good leadership stuff, good stuff about helping you get better control of your business and best practices and systems. So if you really want to up-level your game, go take this class. It will change your life, I promise you guys. It was the biggest thing that ever, in our business life, all the things that we've done, those three days that we did, it was in Massachusetts back in 2013, it revolutionized and put us on a trajectory that we are today. It even helped us really think through how we're going to run our events and all this stuff. Cause it just, it's the mindsets, it's the systems, it's the leadership, it's all these different stuff. So anyhow, enough talk about that. People are also asking about Tuscany's retention course. I've talked about this before. It is coming, but it's going to be different next year. We are recording it just in a couple of weeks. And we're going to basically put it online as far as the theory side. Now, we're not making that theory open to anyone. That's only open to people who take the class because it's all going to be a package. So you take your theory, you watch the class, you watch the videos. We'll have a live Q&A so you can ask all your questions with Tusney because we will challenge pretty much everything you've been learned or taught in Lashes. And then we'll have a one-day class both here at L.A., also on the East Coast in New York, and we're partnering with a friend of ours who will announce when we're ready to do it that she'll be training in New York. And we'll basically have um, two bases or two sides of the country that we'll teach. And then Tuscany and I will probably do two or three other classes around the country just because we, we like to come out and see you guys. And we like to visit our friends like Shelby in Texas. So, anyhow, we'll, we'll, uh, more details of that will come probably in January, hopefully March where Amy will be when we launch it. And the good news, it will be cheaper. I'm Amy, I think right now, 997 it was 1700 last year, guys. So we're going to knock basically $800 off. Plus, you only have to come for one day instead of two days. So less hotel. Hopefully, all this makes it a lot more attainable to you guys. And also, you can watch the videos and watch the content afterwards to help you remember and retain the information. So, all right. That's all I have for announcements. So let's get into our episode now where we bring on... Uh, Mindy from Alibana and talk about this incredible event that she is going to be part of. Hey, Smart Cookies. So excited to have an interview here with you today. We have Mindy Lamb from Alibana. She is the COO of Alibana USA. She has become a dear friend and we are so excited to have you with us. Welcome, Mindy. Thanks, guys, for having me. Yeah, we're really excited. We first met you, I think it was 2019 at, I think in Vegas at the one of the IBS shows, if I remember right. Or maybe it was Cosmoprof. I don't know. I just remember it was a show, which is why you go to shows, guys, by the way, because this is where you meet people and you make friends and connections and all that. And Mindy was so sweet. She told us how much I remember you list our podcast and all this one stuff. And then you really introduced us to the Ellie Bonna family, which was really a blessing because we're huge Ellie Bonna fans. And we always looked up to Otto and his team. And since we know you guys even more, I'm just blown away with the high end people that you guys all work with. This is a great group and we're really excited. When you say high end, I mean high quality. High quality people. Cause you know what? In this world, it's hard to find high end or high end. High High end quality people. Yes, yes, exactly. So anyhow, that all said, Mindy, we're going to get to peek into your life a little bit and your journey in the last industry. And we're going to talk about something that you're about to do that we are super jazzed about and excited and proud of you. I want to cheer you all the way. And and, uh, we're actually going to add on Hopefully, if we do this right, we'll have a little tag at the end of this where we share the results of what you're going to do. So anyhow, first, let's get into it. Maybe you can tell people a little bit about your background and how you got into lashes. 
Sure. I got into this industry later in life as more of like a, I would say second or third career, but it was well past that. <laughs> I, I'm like you too. Um, I think it was my 18th career is what I got into. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I think I was about 33 years old when I went to aesthetic school and I had just gotten laid off several times within a few years. I had a toddler at home. I needed a job. And I just remember spending a couple of days just doing a lot of research online thinking, what can I do that will be fulfilling and exciting. So I had come across someone who did waxing and I thought, well, I could do that. She was doing really well for herself. And I thought I would go, go get a waxing certificate. Come to find out, nope, you have to be an esthetician and go to school <laughs> for like these hours and get yeah. licensed and take boards. So uh, about two days later, I found a school. I was in school, started two weeks later, and I think it was about a month into school. I started school in October, so this was mid-November. I saw this little sign hanging in the lunchroom that said, come take our lash extension class. And it was just an outside company coming in offering lash extensions. I had never heard of it. So I thought, what are lash extensions? So I looked it up. I was immediately all in. I was excited. I'm like, what is this? How do I not know about it? And Mindy, can I ask what year this yeah, was? This was, I think it was 2013. Okay. But then they, yeah. they, they're that, not at the level. Really like, exploded. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I wasn't in the industry already, you know, so oh, I, no. I hadn't heard of it. So I think I even had to borrow money from my parents to take the class. It was on like a Sunday and it was all day. And I came in and I took the class. I didn't even get to work on a model because my model had to leave early. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, gosh. But I was sold. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. My whole goal changed. I was like, what waxing? You know, I'm. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't really interested in a lot else at that point. I was just like driven to do these lashes. So I finished school. I took my boards. I knew I wasn't really going to want to work in a salon. I, I needed the flexibility. I wanted to make my own hours. I had the space in my basement. So I turned a room into just a little lash studio. I had to be able to make the preschool drives back and forth. And I was pregnant by the time I graduated with my son. So I set up a little space in my home and I started taking clients and I did that for almost four years. Amazing. Then I moved into a little commercial space after that and hired a little team and opened another little space. So that's kind of my journey into doing lashes. Wow. So you had a couple lash salons with multiple teams? Uh, little, just little lash Sweet. studios. I had a few people. Yeah. Um, and then the second location was just one person that, that could fit in. It was like inside a hair salon. Okay. So I want to remark about how wonderful it is that you built a career around your family and your needs. And, um, I think that's one of the most wonderful things about lashing is that, you know, you can do it and still take awesome care of your family. Yeah take care of your little ones. You do what you need to do and it works. I always ask every year at LashCon, we do a survey and we ask people how much do they make? And we find out a lot of people make like just 20, 30, maybe $40,000. And I know I talked to some trainers, like, oh no, everyone's making 60, 80, 90. I'm like, actually, I think there's a lot of moms 
who are just squeezing in two or three clients a day while their kids at school because it's a perfect job for that and it's very flexible if they have to cancel they always tell the client i'm sorry my kid's sick i'll book you in tomorrow or whatever it's very manageable manageable about a lifestyle with a family and i think a lot of our industry i don't know what percentage but i could say it's a large percentage of women are doing this as a little side job while they are doing their thing because it is so easily to accommodate which i think is really beautiful because it means you're able to balance the two I remember having several shifts in my day to accommodate for like going back and forth to school and making dinners and that sort of thing. But I, for a while, I was taking clients at 7 a.m. in my basement. <laughs> and, you know, I'd take one or two and then I'd do the, the school thing and get, you know, um, her off to preschool. And then I'd come back. I'd take more clients. I'd stop. I'd go pick her up. I'd come back and I'd sometimes be going till 10 o'clock at night, you know, wow. but you do what you have to do when the, when you have to do it. Well, so. Yeah. Um, it's an easy way to get burned out also. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, now for you, how long did you handle that? Because I think that all in, not just doing for a few hours, like in the middle of the day, but doing morning, midday, late afternoon, yeah, after, hard. bouncing back. That's a hard how season. long were you trying to manage that or, or handle that? When I was at my, when I was working out of my home, I remember the heaviest schedule that I had was probably 12 or 13 clients a day. Oh my um, gosh. And that was a lot. And it didn't last terribly long yeah, because I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Um, so at that point, I didn't like fire any clients. I just started, instead of saying yes to everyone, I just started adding them to a wait list. Yeah. Amazing enough a lot of the people on that wait list waited until I opened my salon and hired a team and they still, that was their first time coming to me, wow. but it was like a year. Wow. Um, That's amazing. So I was really shocked that, that they stuck it out, but they were like, Nope, I had a referral. I'm coming to you. I'll wait. So then people drop off over time. They yeah. move, they There's just change their mind. And so then I just didn't replace them. And so my schedule got easier as time went on. That's really cool. And I think that's a great strategy to open a salon because I heard this term years ago from someone called yeah. ego opening, like open a salon just for ego's sake, not because the demand is there. Or like, you know, you have one salon and you want to, be able to tell people, I have three salons or I have two salons. And so you expand, but your first location isn't maxed out. Like, you were maxed out. You knew the demand was there. And that really is what really set the table for you to be able to say, okay, I, the demand's through the roof. I have a wait list. All these people are waiting. I can expand with great, you know, comfort, being very comfortable and feeling very sure of myself that when I open, they're going to be customers are ready to come in. Well, that's an organic bursting at the seams necessity as opposed to still fishing, yeah. you know? Was there, how was that transition when you decided to go from being a solopreneur, working in your basement to open up a space? How did that whole transition work out for you? It was definitely a learning curve um, because I was now in charge of other people. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you go from hustle, 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 and then you have a wait list. So then you're not so much like hustling to get new clients anymore, but then you are suddenly responsible for someone else's paycheck. Yeah. So then you're hustle, hustle, hustle again, because you want them to be full, yeah. you know? So it was just a putting yourself in a different mindset to hustle in a different way. Then I was back out networking again, and I was back out in the community again, trying to get more clients and schedule a grand opening party and, you know, do things on social media. So it was just kind of going back to the beginning mindset, but in a way that was going to help the team. Yeah. If you think about it, it's, it's very similar to parenting because like when you, when you have kids, you, young kids, you got to care for their needs. Like when you hire a team, you do? 
<laughs> when you uh, have our kids t- have their needs never were the yeah. yeah. When you have a team, you got to care for their needs. Mm-hmm. And so you got to hustle, 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 just like a parent, right? Well, I we totally felt that. I, once I, I remember one day we were talking, I'm like, you know what? I think we have a new family. Like, yeah. these are our, this is our extended family. We have to really care about them just like we would care about our kids, make sure they get their, you know, pay, make sure they're busy, make sure they are equipped, make sure they're trained. And, and even disciplined if, yeah. if something goes wrong and, you know, in a loving way. And, you know, there's just all of the same things you do with kids. You put boundaries, you put expectations out there, you know, so that they know how to do stuff. So for you, what was your biggest challenge when you brought a team? What was what, what did you struggle with in getting the team on board and um, busy and all that? Um, probably the same thing that others commonly struggle with, like social media, having the time to go back out in the community and do that extra marketing. Uh, and also knowing where to put the funds that are coming in. Like, do you put it towards marketing? Do you, you know, there's all these little buckets that you could be putting them in. Um, and even just the preparation for opening that, it's like, how do you determine what pay structure you want to use and, you know, what percentages you want to use? And then if they sell retail items, what does that look like in their paycheck? And then just being able to figure all that out with the systems that you're using. Um, so a lot of stuff on the back end, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then also still being the face, still trying to be out there and and draw in the clients. So the whole thing was just like a brand new project all over again. <laughs> yeah. Were you working also taking clients, or did you back off the clients and just manage the staff at that point? No, I definitely still needed to take clients because it was just one person that I had added on in the beginning, right when we opened. Then I wanted to make sure that she was to the about the part that she was bursting at the seams before I added a third person. Um, I didn't want to start with this big team and then nobody was doing anything. And then I still had to pay them. <laughs> so I had to just grow slowly and, you know, wait till we were busy enough to have to add another person. And being patient in the whole process. That's yeah. really smart. We didn't do that the right way. We burst at the seams and then we didn't really have a plan for people. And all the questions that you were saying, like, where does, where'd I put the money? What should I do with the marketing? We, we ran our salon incredibly wrong and disordered, and it, it ruled us. And it wasn't until we uh, hired Strategies, which is a coaching company, to help us get yeah. our, our team in exactly the right place and learn all those skills like, and to figure out where to put the money. Did you hire anyone at some point, or did you just keep doing a lot of reading? I mean, how did you kind of figure out how to get things under control, I guess? Well, with the accounting and the bookkeeping side of it, that's not my forte. (laughs) And so I did actually my very first paying client ever ended up being my accountant. So she would get lashes and she'd do my books. So So it worked out really well. You got to barter what you can. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, can you tell us how you started with Ellie Bonnet? Like how did this, how did you get on? How do you go from working? Yeah. Doing salons and you're in the Chicago area, right? Yeah. So we were just doing lash extensions at that time. And then we started losing people due to allergies, maintenance, time, cost. People have them for a while and then they're like, okay, now it's too expensive or I can't fit it in my schedule anymore. Or now I'm allergic to the adhesive. So we started losing some people and I thought there's got to be some way to keep them around. That's when I found lash lifting. So then I had actually started with another brand that I had just come across first. and. I took the training, trained the staff, and we started doing lash lifts. Well, it wasn't consistent. And so we would just be filled with anxiety before <laughs> clients would come in because we're like, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? <laughs> yeah. And 
that particular brand, you couldn't at the relay, you couldn't do a relift in the same appointment. And we didn't have it scheduled that way anyways, to leave an hour afterwards to be able to, to redo fix something. It, yeah. So, so that's when I started popping in the forums online on Facebook, what's the best brand to use? And then of course, everyone, Alibana. So I thought, well, I'll try it. So I got a kit, read the instructions on the inside of the box. And I started doing it and I was like, holy cow, first of all, it's saving so much time because it was the one shot system. So it was super fast. And then more importantly, it was working every single time. So our anxiety went away after a (laughs) while. We could trust it. And then I was just so impressed by by the brand, not only that it was working every time and it was so consistent, but the marketing, the message that they put out online, learning more about Otto and his team anything that you read online about the brand, it was just becoming more and more impressive. And I thought, I got to find a way to be involved with this company somehow. So that's when I found out about being a trainer. So I became a trainer and then eventually I became a distributor with them also. So that's how I found the brand. And once I found them, I wasn't looking anywhere else. I was like, this is what we're going to use. And then my team was super happy about it. How did that work with training? Was that just a simple apply or did you network? Did you meet some people somewhere? How did that whole thing work out? Because I think a lot of people would love to be a trainer. In fact, you know, I know a lot of people want to be trainers. This is like, that's the next thing. Like, okay, I've been doing my business, but now I really want to do training. And I think people are a little scared of being rejected or don't really understand the process or how it works out. Yeah, it's a natural progression. I think when you've been behind the chair for so long, you think, what else can I be doing? Maybe you start having some back pain or something and you're like, I need to split my day up a little bit. And at the time, yeah, I I applied with one of with the company to be a trainer. And right now we are looking for trainers. So there's an application right on our website, elibana-usa.com. There's an educator application on there and it comes straight to me. And we're looking for trainers in several states still. So there is an application process. It's pretty lengthy, I guess. We definitely like look into not only we want to learn about you, but we want you to know all about us and what our expectations are and just make sure that it's a really good fit too. So what would be some of the qualifications yeah. for an ideal trainer for you? What skills? They need to first pay me a hundred dollars. Oh, stop it. And once so they pay me, <laughs> then they, I give you the real access to the real applications because they have a fake one they put online and then there's mine that I hand out to people. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry. A lot of it is just like documentation that we collect. We, of course, want to make sure you're a licensed beauty professional. And then we will check to see that you've got an Alibana certification in the line that you want to teach. You send in a portfolio of your work. So either for lash lifts or brow lamination, you'll send in a portfolio for that. And then we take a look at things like social media and we do Zoom interviews to see how you can communicate over a Zoom and how you communicate over the phone and in emails. So we take a look at the whole picture. We make sure that it's a time commitment that can fit within your schedule, that you really have a passion for it, of course, and that you really want to not only use the products correctly, but find new and interesting things in the market or in the industry that you can bring into your classrooms and talk about in a way that you can really relate to students. You're looking for like a real well-rounded, what is it? Not high quality. Yeah. yeah high quality, yeah, indi- high, end. <laughs> high, end, qu- high quality individual. Now, when someone applies or is, is thinking about applying 
do they need to have a big presence on social media? I mean, does their Instagram have to be 10K or something like that? Or is like, you're just more seeing how they show up on Instagram, not so much like, oh, how many followers do they have? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, the number of followers you have, that can vary greatly depending on what state you're in, what your community is like. So we're really just seeing what your presence is like online. Are you in any of the Lash forums? Do you provide support to people already? Do you already teach anything or what? Did you take away from the last class that you took? So we ask a lot of questions and have a lot of conversations. Because I think I'm thinking I'm going to apply. No, no, just shut up. I, I give a lot. I give a lot of training. You away. do do give a lot of training. <laughs> but I think that our listeners are a lot of smart cookies and they are a lot of high quality people. So I think they're high end, by the way. They're not yeah, just yeah, high quality. Not just high, we got high end cookies. We got high end place. cookies. So anyway, if that uh, tickles your fancy, then reach out to Mindy. Where can they make that? Yeah, up? maybe I should get a link. If you guys send it, I can make sure it goes in the show notes so people can click on that and go and um, at least start looking into it. Well, this is all the bonus stuff because what I really wanted to talk about was this new project that well, you're doing. Well, before we get to that, we got to I know, we gotta back up a little, bit. A little okay. bit. Back up a little bit because we have you now working at Ellie Bonnet. You have your salons, but you now, do you still have those salons or are you working to solely at Ellie Bonnet? Well, so at first I was just a, I was a trainer and I was a distributor. So then let's see after that, and I was still working in my salons. And then I went through a lash artist nightmare. I fell and I hurt my hand. And this was in, I think, 2019. And I tore two ligaments in my hand. So then you see your life flash before, before your eyes, yeah. like, yeah. oh, I'm going to hold tweezers. <laughs> and I was struggling. I was struggling for like three months before I went to see a surgeon because I was in oh denial. Oh, <laughs> you just baby. Get better. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I was hoping that it would get better and just heal. And I really didn't know what was wrong. And I don't know if I wanted to know. Yeah. yeah. So I would start a training more, doing less clients because I just, it was taking me so long to do sets because it, my hand was messed up. I, Ended up having surgery, lots of physical therapy. I remember being in physical therapy for so long because although my hand was functioning, it wasn't holding the tweezers right. I couldn't grip the right way. And I was bringing my tweezers to the appointments. I'm like, look, it's still not working. So I just don't think sometimes that people that are working with you in that kind of environment, they don't understand what you do for a living and that it needs to be like perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be perfect. Yes. Was it the kind of physical therapy where you're like, tears streaming down your face while you're doing it like it's so painful Sometimes. yeah yeah <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I was willing to do whatever it took to get back but then it even now it's still not it's still not the same that's why um, I don't believe in physical therapy I think it's a just don't do it <laughs> how many times can I say shut up <laughs> just don't yeah, I'm, I'm the anti-nike I'm like just don't do it so <laughs> Well, okay, so you got injured, and that's uh, forced you to make some big decisions, I sound like, uh, at this point. You're going to have to pivot. Yeah, well, then the pandemic happened. Oh, yeah, that thing. <laughs> that's right, yeah, that's right. But no, nothing so, happened. That, that's just a little bump in the road, pandemic. A little speed bump. So, yeah, then the pandemic happened, and so I went from one nightmare to the next, I yeah. guess. But we all were in it together. We were all facing our own challenges at that time, so my case wasn't anything special. But then during the pandemic, that's when Otto and Zoe and Elibana Global decided to set up a new USA headquarters here in Chicago. So 
Now we have a small team here, and that's when I then let go of my salons. So I don't have those any longer. Those have been closed for a while. And actually, someone has my brand, and they moved it downtown Chicago. And she's still also in the Elibana family, and she was my salon manager. So, yep, love Samantha. So she is... The brand is living on through her downtown in the city. So, <laughs> so your, your legacy lives on. The high quality. <laughs> she, is, she is very high quality. Yep, exactly. So we have a small team here now. We're set up just outside of Chicago in the northwest suburbs. And we've got a warehouse and offices here. And we manage about 30 distributors throughout the country and about 55 trainers currently. Wow. And, and you are in charge of all of that, right? That's not... Australia happening. Your job in the United States is oversee the trainers and the distributors, make sure they get their products and the trainers have their classes and all that. Yes. So I manage the USA, but also under the direction and guidance from Otto and Zoe, of course, in global. So that's a big step. I mean, that's a total departure from doing lashes and lifts and all that to now you are a logistics manager and personnel manager, and you are, you're solely focused on stuff that you probably had to relearn, right? or learn for the first time, maybe I should say, not relearn. Thankfully, I've had a lot of office jobs in the past lives. Oh, your previous (laughs) career? (laughs) Yeah, one of them. (laughs) So uh, I have experience doing like the office-y type things, like I can run a computer just fine. And I have managed a team before, so that helped as well. So definitely a learning curve, though, still is. I mean, I'm learning new things every day. I'm learning how to make better decisions every day. So we're just always going to be a student of what we're doing. So you now transitioned into Elibana and you are now working there and you close the salons. Did you have any challenges in that? Was it just a pretty easy, smooth transition or did you have to go back to school again and just get your feet wet and get, get your game on all, all out? Yeah. Well, I went back to school under Elibana Global <laughs> Yeah. because I had to learn from their team what how the systems work. And with the time difference, it was mm-hmm. a lot of very early morning uh, training <laughs> sessions oh, wow. uh, with some of their team there. So it was, I actually missed those days. It was super fun being able to have some FaceTime with the team there and everybody there is just, they were so welcoming to have me part of the team and to be able to teach, to teach us everything that we needed to know about how everything worked and what procedures to follow and how the systems flowed. So we're all still learning as, as each day comes with new challenges, but anything that we have a challenge with, thankfully we have Elibana Global right at our backs to help us out and support us. So this has been what, uh, is it two, three years now that you've been in this position and you have- Since 2020, yep. Okay. And you have like, what is it? 30 teams, distributors, or has it Um, grown? 30 distributors and then about 55 trainers. And like I said, we're always looking for new trainers and distributors too. If That's it, yeah. How does distribution yeah. work? Is that based upon regions, cities, state? Uh, how do you work that out? There's not territories with distribution like there is with trainers. You have your whole state that you can train in. And we sell wholesale to our distributors in the country. So our distributors can be located anywhere because a lot of their business is online sales. And then we do have an application process for that as well. And it's on our website. I can give you the link. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Is there anything they should know right now? If someone's like, well, I'd be cool. Maybe this is how they could start getting the products without having to start their own line. They can just first start and be a distributor and see if they like it. Is there anything that they should be aware of walking into this? Like, is there, is it expensive? Is there a lot of time commitment? 
I mean, I think that it's something that people should take seriously because it is a lot of work. I would say bringing on a line and with an opening order, you don't want to have minimal product because then if you have customers that land on your site and you don't have half of the line, then they're not going to shop with you because they're going to want to see everything that they want to buy for the whole line or multiple lines. So it is a commitment and I think it's a big investment also for distributors to get started. But if someone's you know really serious about doing it, we we're a great support and we will walk them through every step of the way. How much money would you say just generally like, okay, you 5,000, 10,000, 50,000. Cause I know like when I went to Cosmoprof the first time and we were like, all right, look at products and see what how many buy. eyeliners buy. Cause like, I wanted well, to buy one. Yeah. It's 50,000 units. It's like, what you have oh, to get into. And it's like Homer ah. Simpson backing into the bushes. Yeah. No, not going to be buying 50,000 of anything today. So what is your, what's, I guess the requirements, at least a ballpark. I mean, maybe it varies per, on the person, but. Well, it will depend on the person and it's also going to depend a lot on like what lines that they want to carry, right? So if they just want to carry one line versus if they want to carry every line that we offer, the one shot lash lift, the profusion lamination for lashes and brows, the lash extensions. So there's lots of different SKUs that they could carry. And the more you carry, I feel like the more successful you're going to be yeah. just because you have those customers that are looking for to everything. make it a one-stop shop. If yeah. they want something from Alibana, they want to yeah. be able to find it. But then it's not just about your investment in the products. You have to think about how am I going to market these? I have to set up an online store. Do I have to hire someone to help me ship? Do I need to invest in Google ads or Facebook ads? How am I going to do all that marketing? So it's a lot to manage, I think. And it's a bigger investment than like what an opening order would, would be. Okay. All right. Oh, good. So, I mean, it's not, okay. I, I think it would be safe to say it's going to be thousands of dollars. You're not going to be spending 500 bucks or a thousand bucks and you start. And I think like you said, it's going to be actually very advantageous to you if you buy the, more of a line. Because right. I Make mean, that mo- investment. Yeah. It's going to be like anything. It's going to be a big investment. So I'm sure if you guys, if you're interested, just reach out and go through the process. And I'm guessing once they get approved, you guys have the whole training process to get them up to speed and help them get set up for success. Correct. Yeah, of course. And there's an application process for distributors as well. Okay. Very cool. Well, let's now get to what I think Tusk. I'm so excited. This is actually why. I mean, we love Mindy because Mindy has always been so kind to us. I mean, really, I just remember there's certain people that you remember when you meet them and just how much, I don't know, just bring, brought a lot of joy to our life because she really appreciated our podcast. And when you first start, you don't know if anyone's listening. Like, you don't and know Mindy, if anyone cares. You've always been so incredibly supportive and just like cheering us on. And Ali Bonna has been so generous. They're wonderful sponsors. And we went out to dinner and we were talking. I said, what's going on with you? And you had this amazing revelation. I'm like, what? What? I'm yeah. like, our listeners have got to hear about this. So yeah. can you tell us what is coming up for you? Sure. Uh, let me back up a little bit into what we already have in place and then I can okay. uh, we'll look into that for you. But we have something really amazing at Elibana USA that we do here called the Master Mentor Program. So we have a small team of master trainers who oversee our training team. So what we do is we have this program that Zoe initiated back in the beginning of last year, and it went through the whole year. And it was a collection of these mini workshops in a newsletter format. And it was sent out to all of our trainers to help motivate, inspire, 
little worksheets to help with your business. And the response about that was overwhelmingly positive. That really impacted our educators, their businesses, and even their personal lives. So what we did for this year is we just changed it up a little bit. And in one of the newsletters, or we send out newsletters about quarterly, we're about due for another one right now. And so I was just thinking about what can I do to help inspire the trainers. And I wanted to do something big and really inspirational for this year that would be the focus of this program for the rest of the year. I was seeing that a lot of trainers and even people in my personal lives were having a lot of missed opportunity in their businesses and in their lives. They were leaving money on the table in just different areas. I thought that they could be leveling up or they could be really grasping on to different things that would help them just get to that next level in their business. And they were passing it up. They weren't entering into the competitions. They weren't making that video. They weren't on social media. So whatever that means for leveling up, those were just some examples that I was seeing passed by people. They weren't expanding. They weren't building their team. And when I asked some of them why they weren't doing these things, they were just afraid. They were afraid to fail. They were afraid, what if it didn't work out? It's going to be an investment. You have either my time or my money. I'm just afraid that it's going to fail. So I thought, well, this is perfect. Let's do a challenge on facing your fears. So we did the face your fears challenge, also called the do something hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) challenge. (laughs) And I thought if we can all make a goal and plan for it and strategize for it, and then just make it, this was in like, I think April or May, and we'll make it so that you can accomplish this goal, maybe by the end of the year for 2023, we can work towards it in small little chunks throughout the year. And if we overcome that, or we have challenges for the goal along the way, we'll learn from it. But then if we accomplish this big, scary thing, then maybe the next thing, like making a video for social media or entering a competition is not going to feel that hard. Because once you do something that's really hard and scary, then the next thing that comes up doesn't seem that hard and scary anymore. You know, after you've done something once, you can do it again. So I thought, well, I should probably lead by example (laughs) and something hard. Yeah. (laughs) The only thing that was really coming to my mind for this, I'm a runner and I thought, well, something really super scary for me would be signing up to run a 100 mile race. Not a marathon. Not not 27 miles. miles. Holy crap. You weirdo. Oh my God. (laughs) I've already done a marathon. I survived it. It didn't kill me. I thought, well, there's a few distances between a marathon and a 100 miles. There's a 50K, a 100K, a 50 mile. But those didn't terrify me to death. Whereas the 100 mile really gets my blood pressure raised pretty quickly. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Let me ask. Okay, how many days is a 100 mile? It's got to be at least two weeks, right? You got lots of time. You run a mile a day. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> the cutoff is 30 hours. 30 hours? Wait a minute. You mean you do it all at once? You don't sleep? Like It's a, a, a continuous <laughs> I run? That maybe like, I thought it was like, it's like the, got, the, the like, I was, that's worse than I thought. Oh my no. gosh, I thought you got to run. I thought it was like the what you call the bicycle when they do the bicycle challenges yeah, and they, you get and they to stop sleep. The, and they uh, You uh, mean you're telling me that it is continuous? Well, it's actually this Saturday. It's in two days. And you, it starts Saturday morning at seven. And I'll hopefully finish within that 30 hour cutoff. So that oh would be sometime my. Sunday morning. 
Okay. What's, what's the level? I mean, okay, a f- bunch of questions. I, how many people are going to do this first? How, how big? Of how a many crowd? other weirdos? Yeah. yeah. So the hundred mile distance, I think I saw on the roster yesterday, is maybe like two hundred and fifty wow. people. But then there's also several hundred other people there for like they also have a fifty k and a fifty mile too. So. Okay, so I know that you have been preparing for this for a long time. Can you talk about everything that you need to do to go into this? I mean, like, this is no small chunk. It's not a small chunk. (laughs) And I had to start training pretty much immediately when I signed up. So as soon as I committed to doing this, I I remember having the sign-up sheet on my computer. I had it all filled out, and all I had to do was hit enter. And I was just shaking. I shut my computer several times. I didn't do it. And then I was looking at it and I went to grab something and I accidentally hit enter. Oh, Uh, oh no. (laughs) So I accidentally signed up, but I knew I was headed in that direction anyways. So as with any goal or any challenge, you start, even if it's expanding your salon, you need to start at the very beginning. How am I even going to make this possible? How can I set myself up for success to even... Think about accomplishing something that I think is impossible. I knew that this wasn't something that I'd be able to do by myself. So I did get a run coach. The race organization actually has a link to some coaches that they work with. So I thought, well, I'll start there. And that way, at least I don't have to worry about my schedule. At least then I have someone telling me when to run, how far to run, how long to run, and then someone I can talk to and lean on for support. Um, So I have a coach that I'm working with. I also met with a dietitian that works with endurance athletes um, because you have to, you're running the whole time. So there are walk breaks, of course, but there's no sleeping and stopping for meals and that sort of thing. So you have to train your body to eat while you're running so that you can digest while you're running Mm -hmm. and what foods to eat and how many calories to take in every hour. And then how many calories that looks like about five to 7,000 calories for the whole race to intake and then how much hydration you have to have and how much sodium you need to have. And so I have formulas for all of this and the dietitian really helped me work through all of that. And you're a committed vegan. I mean, so it's a little, you have to be a little more creative, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of options. There's like the race fueling version of things that's like more sugary type stuff, but I prefer more, I don't want to call it real food because I guess it's all food, but like more of like potatoes and breads and rice and that kind of thing. But you're not doing those colorful gel things that you squeeze in your mouth, uh, just like full of chemicals. (laughs) I mean, food's chemicals too, right? I do have some of those gels, but I have the ones that are just like baby food that they take real food and they just blend it up. (laughs) So not the ones that are full of chemicals, but yes, they've come a long way, those gels. I also found like a sports guy to work with for like aches and pains that would come up because they have. Yeah, (laughs) I got the walking pad under my desk to get used to moving constantly all day. 24 hours a day. (laughs) You should have one in bed with you. You you lay down in bed and your feet just keep walking while you're sleeping. I think, yeah, really fully trained. The only time my feet get a break is when I'm sleeping. Get lots of sleep. I go to bed at 8 p.m. So okay. <laughs> so good. I w- was talking to my coach and we thought, well, we needed one big event to happen at a key time in my training right before you. It's like your biggest week, I guess. And so what we came up with was to do the David Goggins 4x4x48 four four challenge. 
So it's like a challenge within a challenge. But that was on Labor Day weekend, I did that. And so I ran four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Mm -hmm. But the key was I didn't sleep for after the first night. So it started Friday night at 8 p.m. Then you run at midnight, 4 a.m., 8 a.m., noon, 4 p.m. And so you keep going for 48 hours. But after that first night, we said no sleeping. Yeah, so what I know was a friend your, who did that. That's what Will. What's your body like? I mean, like, what? How did it react? What was your recovery like? What was your takeaway from that? That was a really interesting challenge because I think I had I been able to sleep a little bit more, it would have been way easier. The four miles itself, every four hours, wasn't so bad. But it's like you go out and you run your four miles. You come home. You sweaty. You need to change clothes, but you don't have time to shower every time because then. Once you run, that pretty much takes an hour by the time you cool off and come back and change clothes. And then you only have three hours left for the next one. Oh, gosh. So before the next one, you need to sleep if you're going to sleep, eat, stretch, warm up again, and then get back out there. So it's like just when you cool down and get comfortable and get tired, you got to go back out. (laughs) So that was the hardest part was, I think, just those middle of the night after the midnight run, remember I go to bed at 8 p.m. So the, the midnight run, the 4 a.m. run, I was, it's really dark outside and just coming back, just feeling so tired, eating a bunch of food and then having to warm up again and get back out there. It's like being a soldier in the trenches. You can't ever like really get comfortable. You can't really rest. It's like, now I got to go again. Wow. It was really the perfect thing to prepare me for this because I needed to get used to running on tired legs and anyone can do this challenge. It doesn't have to be running like someone could walk and just do it for that 40, 50 minutes. Someone could be doing push-ups, pull-ups, any type of physical activity. So anyone can do it. I had a friend do it with me and she was biking on an indoor bike. I love you saying that because to me, I'm like, oh, that's impossible. But if you say anyone can do it, you could do something else. I mean, that gets me thinking. And that's why I wanted to have you on because this is such a huge commitment. And so being able to break it down and take it into bite-sized pieces, I thought it would really help our listeners. So you are getting ready. How long has it been since you've been training? I started with my coach, I think in May and I had been training. I mean, I I was running all last year too. So I already had a base going, but the longest I did last year was a half marathon. So I just had that base going, but really training on a plan for this was starting in May. And you've hired, it sounds like three different people to help you. You had the trainer, you had your dietitian, and then you had someone with aches and pains. So you had to hire three people for this, right? It takes a village. <laughs> it takes a village. Yeah. Now, just so I get people or know, how, how, is that something that you get a bundle deal or do you have to go find separate people for this? Where do you find type of help like this? Well, the race organization had the link to the coach and actually the link to the dietitian as well. Okay. So with the dietitian, you could just set up like, I just need one session and I want it to be on race nutrition. So we could just have that one or two sessions and just focus on how do you train for this? And then how do you eat? during the race and how do you hydrate during the race? And then, so I've been able to bounce questions to her and in one of her groups since then, but it's not something I'm meeting with someone weekly on. You gets you set up. And then if you need some clarification, you fix it. That makes sense. And like shoes and stuff, like what kind of shoes do you wear? And I would just run naked. I think. Oh my gosh. 
Well, then you don't have any chafing issues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I was saying. I've heard, I've seen pictures. The nipples. With the, with the nipples. They the bleed. Guys running, they start bleeding. You see people with shirts with blood down the middle of their chest just from the stupid rub, shirt rubbing. That's a real thing for men. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are the band-aids that they put on. Oh, it <laughs> um, sounds horrible. But there, there's these uh, sticks like deodorant. It looks like deodorant, but uh, like almost like a anti-chafing type lube. And you just, you figure out after those long runs, you get in the shower and whatever's burning. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very like, go here and fix that now. That's really painful. Well, I know I want to connect with you on the backside just because this is such an amazing. No, we're going to uh, definitely do another catch up afterwards and th- throw that on either this one or maybe another podcast we'll just see but we definitely need to find out the results i mean we're going to see you at LashCon a week after you've done this so we don't even know so what you guys need to you, come up to her and give her, give her, a, her a high five yeah. man congratulations she might be in a wheelchair we'll see <laughs> yeah i know i'm like do i need a wheelchair for the plane i'm not quite sure <laughs> It's four days after is when we're getting on the plane to come to you guys. Oh my gosh. Four days. Um, I mean, you'll probably still be sore. Oh, for sure. I plan to be. Yeah. Yeah, But I get to eat all the things. So that'll be fun. (laughs) So good. By the way, do you have in your mind, okay, it's 30 hours but I'm going to do it in 24 or I'm going to do it in 28 or do you just like, I don't know when, how fast I'll do it. I'll just cross the line. I just, I get there in 29 hours and 59 minutes. I'm happy. I'll be happy to finish it at all. That's like the real plan. But when you finish these races, you get a belt buckle. There's not like a trophy. There's a belt buckle. And I think it's a different buckle if you finish in 24. (laughs) So, uh, But I I don't feel like I'll probably be under 24 hours, but I'm just hoping to finish before the cutoff. Yeah. What? How many people don't make it? Like, do you know they say, hey, every year we have out of 100 people, only 30% of them actually finish it on time and everyone else either fails or drops out. I think it really depends on the course. There's a lot harder courses than what I signed up for. This one is local. It's here in Illinois. We don't have mountains. So it's called a flat and fast. So it's fairly flat, mostly flat. So there's not a lot of hills at all, or I don't know if there's even any, but there's some of these races, hundred milers that are in the mountains. That's what they're usually known for is being in the mountains. And so for those, you would have to add on hours to your time. And then the percentage of people finishing would go down. So with this one, they probably have quite a few, but I don't actually know the percentages. This belt buckle, is it like the boxers and heavyweights that are like huge (laughs) that that they wear? It's about the size of your hand. So it's a little smaller. (laughs) You're going to have to bring it to LashCon. That's right. Okay, I can bring it. Yeah, it could be like, yeah, this is my, this I my earned belt this. buckle. I, yeah, well, you definitely earned it if you get through this. Now, is there a way that people can follow your progress as you're in the, like, are you Yeah, gonna, are you going to stream, like, show you running and stream the whole thing? I don't have a GoPro, but I know a lot of people do that. They'll, like, record as they're going through all the different stuff. It's a point-to-point, so that's a long way to go, but... There is a tracking system I just found out yesterday through the race. So people can click a link and then follow. I, I suppose when I check into the different aid stations along the way, it updates the app is how I think that works. So uh, is Are you going to do that? Is there a way we, we could provide the listeners if they want to follow you? Are you supporters? Yeah. Post on Instagram or you're going to put do a YouTube recap or anything like that? I could probably post it or I could send it. I could send it to you guys either way. I've just been sending it to people that have reached out and want to follow me. So yeah, I think it's just probably post updates as I check in at the different spots. 
So there's like 20 different aid stations, which are different stops along the way that the volunteers are at with a buffet of food and some bath, some of them have bathrooms. And so you can also have a crew. So someone that's there to take care of you and they follow you along at the different stops that you've prearranged. And so like a pit stop, like a pit stop. Exactly. That's exactly what it's like. So you refill your food in all your little pockets and you grab something to eat on the way and you refill your water. And that's be the time if you'd had to change shoes or socks or anything, you'd do it there. So what's the biggest thing that would stop you from finishing? Is it like blisters on your feet? Is it just toll fatigue where you can't move? The wall, the legendary wall. Yeah. What is it you're right now, your biggest concern that could maybe not make this end as well as you'd hope it would? I asked the same question to my coach and to the dietitian, and they both gave me the same answer outside of not training at all. The biggest reason that people end up dropping is because of getting too behind on their calories. Mm. So, and then that, that means that, that plays out where your body, you literally are just like, I can't barely walk right now. Like your body just or shuts down. Going off the way or yeah. So it's just a matter of being prepared. A lot of logistics with just making sure that you have someone that's going to remind you to eat in the middle of the night. Once I get to mile 50, I can pick up what's called a pacer. So it's someone that you've prearranged to run with you for just a, a section. So they still get a bib number to pin on just like the runners do, but it's for a pacer. And so you can swap out pacers from mile 50 to 100 to kind of have a buddy with you through that whole night section in case you start going off the path, hallucinating, getting uh, sick, that kind of thing. Okay. And, that, and I'm guessing people at this point, you're just all spread out all over the place. There's not like a pack of like, like you see the Olympics, you see a pack of runners, like 20 all together. It won't be like that. Definitely not that fast. Yeah. <laughs> now, are you listening to anything at the, do you have anything like a, a playlist that you, motivational, like motivational music? You can do yeah. it, Mindy. What do you have? I actually reserve my headphones for emergencies. So I don't always start with them. I always have them with me, but I usually don't put anything on unless I am like really struggling or my mind just won't get off a certain topic and switch stations <laughs> and think about something else Then I'll maybe put something on, but it's usually an audio book or a podcast. It's rarely music, but sometimes in a race, I will put music on. Wow. We should have done an episode just for her we where we talked to her. Hey, yeah. man, you're making it. You, you keep going. You can do it. <laughs> Everyone's like, this is the you weirdest podcast. during the race. I'll answer him. Yeah. Be going slow. <laughs> it's like the weirdest podcast ever. Everyone's like, I don't understand. They keep talking about Mindy and believing in her, but yeah. they're not talking about anything about lashes. It's a, yeah, it's a new service that we'll provide people. Do you ever listen to crime while you're running? No, I no don't. Crime. Yeah. It's a lot of running podcasts and then lash stuff. <laughs> no, I can imagine listening to crime while you're running. It's just going to make you paranoid. Like someone's going to jump in out at you. In the night, in the dark, in the woods. Yeah, yeah not, not exactly the best thing to be doing for your mindset, right? Well, anyhow, this has been really intriguing. And I hopefully people should go check out. Where can they find you online and all that? And so they can at least follow you and, and maybe check in on you. I think I'm going to have one of my uh, crew from the race post on my Instagram stories, which is just hello, Mindy Lamb. So hopefully that feeds over to Facebook and people can keep up with the race if they want to. I don't know how interesting it will be, but through social media that way. And then of course I'll make a, I plan to make a video afterwards of, of what I learned. The whole point of this challenge is to get something meaningful out of it. Yeah, it's Not just to finish and say that I accomplished something, but I just really want other people to see that you can do something that you think is impossible 
And that not only relates to just that particular challenge, but you can use that in all areas of your life. So maybe they see me finish this 100 miles. Well, it's something that I've been working on every single day for most of the year. But then maybe they'll think, well, if she can do that, maybe I can do this other thing. And yeah, I just have to prepare for it and plan for it. But then what if I accomplish that big thing? Then what does that mean for my business? Or what does that mean for my personal life? And then what more can I do after that? Then you start thinking after that, what can I do? Because you get in your mind, okay, I I can do this. I can accomplish it. It's now not impossible. So what else can I do? Just to give you an example, we had someone who was terrified to be in a competition. Well, she finally signed up to be in the competition. She said she was ready to vomit on the plane because she was so nervous and she ended up winning. Well, now now she's won 11 awards this year. You just have to get over that hump and just find something that's hard and just go for it. And if it doesn't go your way, then it's not always going to. I may not finish this race. I may have to drop out, but I will have learned a lot from it and I'll know what to do next time. And at least I tried. Yeah. So I'm so excited for you and I'm so excited for you to share your journey because I think a lot of it is just making that commitment and and being faithful to yourself to prepare for it. Grown just from the commitment alone, let alone even the racing, even if the race doesn't happen for some reason, you've grown, I'm sure in these last six months have learned a lot and, and grown a lot and seen what you can do. And it's exciting that you're, this will, we will hope for amazing news at the end of this. That yeah. You did we're going to have, we'll do a follow-up podcast yeah. so that we can Lessons learned. hear all the takeaways and then also hear about how your team, the, your original impetus, how they benefited from this. So we are going to look forward to that. Yeah. We're going to cheer and you we, along. I will say when you listen to this, this episode, 100% will be coming after she's ran <laughs> or after LashCon. This will not be happening in the next week. So as much as I was thinking, it'd be so cool to, to post it right next week. It's just logistically, we'll just say it's not going to happen. But you have a little bit going on. Yeah. Right <laughs> LashCon's is, is all I'm thinking about 24-7. I dream about it. I, I eat it, whatever. So we will have it out soon after that. And then we'll get you on sometime in the later, later this fall in a month or two and we'll do the follow-up and we'll combine it or something like that so super cool i can't wait to see how it goes man we'll be cheering for you and can't wait to see you in lily a week i mean today's thursday i guess this is probably when you guys are flying out on thursday it sounds like we flying out on thursday yeah yeah, yeah. so we'll see, see you in, a week. in anaheim hanging out and we're going to have so much fun. It's going to be an amazing three or four days getting to hang out with our last family. Can't wait to do if it. If people want to apply for that trainer thing, where can they do that? That would be at elibana-usa.com. And the educator application is right there in the menu. Awesome. Very cool. Well, good luck. Have fun. Thanks, Thank Mindy. you. Yes. And, uh, Thanks for giving me this platform to talk about the challenge. Yeah. Absolutely. You deserve it. Yeah. Now I feel like a wimp, by the way. I feel I know. like a complete I, I, loser. I, I am so inspired by you. Uh, I really I am. Got, I got, we got to do something. Tusk is going to come to me like, we're running a 200 mile thing. I'm like, oh. No, I don't know. We'll start with like a. Do they? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe she that's next did, year. She just did the 200 mile Bigfoot 200 in Washington State. Mountains. Is that like what over three days or something like that? I think it was like four or five days. And yeah. Do they sleep on that one? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Good. Because I'm say this. Someone's trying to die if they're just going to do 200 miles straight with, <laughs> without sleep. That just that would just be evil. Our bodies are amazing, though. Yes, they really are. They can take a lot of punishment. <laughs> Good luck, my friend. We'll All see. right. Thank you so much. It's been awesome. 
Thank you guys. Hey guys, that's a wrap. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Enjoy, hopefully, buying wisely and showing some self-control. But enjoy all the good fun with this holiday season. And we'll be here the whole time, guys. We're going to be trying to pump out two episodes a week through the holiday season. And we have a special gift from you. We have a UV episode we're going to call uv week i don't know what we'll do we, we're going to hopefully have five episodes all about uv lights from all different perspectives i'll probably announce this later in our episodes earlier but if you're listening to the end of this episode you get a bonus preview of the future so good for you for checking in or hanging in there and listen to everything but we're going to be basically talking to a chemist we're going to be talking to a distributor we're going to be talking to a manufacturer we're going to be talking to a doctor and we're going to be talking to an engineer. All these people have interacted and used UV lights. And really, it's LED lights. It's not the UV because the problem with UV is UV is bad, right? It's what you use nails and it has all these bad effects. It's what the sun gives. It burns our skin. All this bad stuff makes us age. Well, anyhow, that all said, we are going to talk about LED lights, really, I should say. And we'll call it LED light week. I don't know. Uh, just think like Shark Week on Discovery. And that's what we're going to try to do for you guys. What week we'll do it, I don't know. But soon, we have to get all the episodes recorded. we got two down. We have three to go. And once we have them all in the can, then we'll line them up and release it. And it may not be five days in one week. We might make it a two-weeker, but we'll see how it goes. But anyhow, can't wait to show you that because there's so many questions about what's going on with all these lights. Are they dangerous? Are we burning people's eyes? Are we making people blind, pre-aging, so we all have wrinkles around our eyes? Whatever the damage or that can happen, we're going to try to explain and help you understand what is going on in their industry so that's upcoming let's wrap this up please follow us on instagram at lashcast and at the last conference and remember to subscribe share and review on behalf of my last jock tusney as well as our special guest mindy i want to thank you for taking some time to listen keep on lashing and remember you have a friend in the last industry 